0: Folding Pocket.
1: It's time now for the Chipping Forecast, issued by Folding Pocket on behalf of Andrew Cotter, Eddie Pepperell, and special guest Ian Carter.
2: Hello there, welcome to The Chipping Forecast. Now, if you live in the the Northern Hemisphere, it's that time of year when it's getting a bit dark. And in the UK, largely, it's very wet at the moment as well. And if we're honest, all over the world, it's rather dark at the moment. So we're here to bring just a little bit of light, sometimes um, some levity, if we can, by talking about people called Stonebridge, or celebrities playing videos in public places. Um, So I'm Andrew Cotter, uh, M.A. Ons, Ian Carter, His Excellency, special guest, uh, Ian Carter is there.
0: I can see you. In yes, I'm an inch taller. Can you tell? Have you boosted? Are you on a booster cushion? No, no, I've just done my Pilates. And and oh, at the end of the lesson, uh, the instructor said, and everybody is an inch taller. I, yeah, I, I so. walked home with a real bounce in my stride. I'm sure you'd rather have been an inch longer. <laughs> so, I mean, how long's that? That's
2: two minutes in? <laughs> Not even that, I think. And Eddie's made his appearance. Hello, Eddie. How are you? Dame Edna here. Dame Eddie here. How are you guys? Good. All good. Ian's an inch taller. Yes. Uh, That's how that instructor sounds like an absolute charlatan. You're an inch taller. You're not an inch taller. You're maybe... I am. I've done all my stretches and I'm a new man. New man. Yeah. A new man. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm feeling like a very old man. This uh, Chipping Forecast is brought to you by LEMSIP uh, because once again... Once again, la grippe has gripped me. Um, This is why I'm so wary of human contact, because I was over in Paris at the weekend, airport, airplane, crowded restaurant, bus, stadium, coming into contact with hundreds of people who just want to shake my hand and say hello. And that's why, so I just... And also because I think I have the the a sort of weak and feeble uh, immune system that just I don't know it's just I can't resist colds so I'm struggling a little bit again. But uh, oh dear,
0: I had my flu jab last week. Did you? Mm. Do you have to do that at my
2: age. You do. It is free for the over seventies. So you, uh, Eddie, have you? Eddie's never had a flu jab. You don't need to have a flu injection. I I had my very first one last year actually. So and then I got flu. So but my my thinking on it is that. It would have been worse flu if I hadn't
1: had it. So I think you should just have some bone broth, Andrew.
2: Bone broth. Remember bone broth from the days of the pepper pod. Do you still do bone broth occasionally?
1: No, I need to do. I need to get back on it. I need to lose a few pounds actually. I weighed myself in Qatar and that was uh Oh, I need a, I need a healthy uh, period of time, I think.
2: But you're a you're a big Bone broth, lad. You're a bone, a big boned. What
1: are talking about?
2: <laughs> You're a heavier frame than
1: no. You look in good shape, Eddie. I think uh, no. Mm. I, I'm just. Trying. I think I'm coming in a bit heavy. I think 80 kilos is a good weight for me, and I'm a good five kilos over oh. at the moment. So uh, I'm not John Ram, obviously good. heavy, but uh, all good. But he's um, we'll throwing
2: out the first pitch in Game Four of the World Series today uh, between the Arizona Diamondbacks. It is and the. Texas flumps, and the Texas Rangers. He's So he's throwing it. I'd like to see him hit a ball rather than throw a pitch because I think 115 kgs with his tight, you know, I'd like to see him try and hit a baseball, which I'm sure he has done, rather than... If you're doing a ceremonial pitch, do you really go for it and risk, you know, killing a woman in the front row of the, the stand or do you, do you just sort of... I think Justin Rose, he sort of softball lobbed one when he did it.
0: Yeah, that one looked pathetic, I thought. Yeah, it's quite far away though, isn't it? The
2: mound to the... The plate i don't know how far away it is but it must be a, a distance
1: uh, when i went to baseball if it had been once that's one of the most impressive things i've seen in real time is how fast and how far they throw the ball uh blew me away it's so impressive yeah so so much athleticism in that
2: i mean in the majors they get it up to 100 miles an hour don't they it's incredible yeah so there we are anyway it's uh it's halloween are we all going out tonight oh ian's got a question huh what's your question ian
0: no, I, I don't like Halloween. I find it very very annoying. I'm going out tonight and making sure i will go to the theater actually to make sure I'm well away from any trick or treating. I'm not a not a fan of that. That was my point, but you know where you live in a street
2: where it will happen to you because yes. um it's very like Eddie, they couldn't get to Eddie. He's they couldn't get very, to you either, could they? Well, they could. They could actually if they made a concerted effort to get past the dogs. But but do you get do you get anybody coming to and saying Trick or
0: treat? What a lot of nonsense. Do you get anyone coming to your house and doing that? I do really make a point of going out. I usually go to the pictures or I'll go to the theatre or something (laughs) like that. I really (laughs) (laughs) go to the movies. I've seen that Scorsese one last week. That was brilliant. Is it a talkie or a silent? It's a talkie. A a talkie's for a very long time, but it's it's really, really good. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon recommend right. Does that. Does he have
2: any Stones music in it? Because Scorsese is a massive Stones fan, so in almost every one of his modern, is uh, you know, The you know, Departed, Goodfellas, they've all got um, Stones songs in them as sort of pivotal moments in it. And he did the documentary, The Stones as well.
0: No, uh, there's no Stones in this one. It's a very haunting uh, soundtrack to this one, actually, with uh, a lot of Native American music in there. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. it's a good. really good so- story. It's a true story so- as well. Sounds good. We used to get dressed up, so but we didn't trick or
2: treat. We called it guising in Scotland. And you went out and you would, so you would dress up. But you had to actually perform a song or a poem or do a turn. I, this is a fact, I do remember dressing up as a sailor one year and being in the living room of a person I didn't know and singing a song while a <laughs> man sat in an armchair just staring at me <laughs> as I sang over the sea to sky or something. Anyway. A good times.
1: <laughs> I think the kids that come and knock on Ian's door this year will be surprised when he opens the door and they'll say, Oh, you're, you're an inch taller than you were last year. <laughs> Who have you come as? You come as Noddy Holder in your platform
0: boots, haven't you? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm yeah. not the one that's going around
2: there. You could scare them by saying that you played golf recently, hit all but two fairways and didn't break 90.
0: How did that happen? <laughs> oh, How did that happen? Yeah, so I thought this would be quite interesting, actually, because uh, uh, it'd be good to. Uh, I think an awful lot of amateur golfers will feel like I did after my medal on on Saturday, where I just came away and I thought, how on earth has that happened? So I shot 92, net 82. NR. I I didn't NR. I was, there was a point at which I'm, on about the 14th hole I was looking for my ball and thinking – might be quite good not to find this, but then I thought I can't NR because then I'd have to admit it on the chipping forecast. So I hit 10 out of 13 fairways. Of the three that I missed, I missed one by one foot, so I was just in the semi, semi-rough. semi I hit six greens out of 18. I had seven pars, I had 37 putts, and I got up and down three times out of eight from from around the green. And it all added up to ninety-two. Eddie, your
1: assessment of that? Uh, my odds for winning the scramble have just gotten shorter. I, I am sorry I'm such a clear favorite now. This is music to my ears. Let's play next week. Let's play this week. Let's play tomorrow. It will happen.
2: Yeah, I'm slightly worried about our partnership now. So um... No, but
0: it's but it's feels so close. I came away and I mean I had, you know, like the very first hole I hit. I hit, for me a really good drive I'd left myself a nine iron in slightly hanging light shanked it out of bounds and then I, and I walk off with an eight on the first hole you see this is what I want the professional's perspective on when something like that goes wrong you see I rush I think to myself oh my god the people behind are going to get you know I'm faffing around now I've got to drop I've got to when something goes wrong like that, you have to take
1: a deep breath, don't you, Eddie? Well, I can tell you what the difference is between you and John Rahm, because what you just <laughs> described there is, is actually happened to John this year in the Queenwood Cup. He turns up, first hole, 10th hole, hits his tee shot. He's got a hanging line himself and hits a shank, hits another shank. But yeah. rather than just, you know, keep trying and shoot 92, he NRs. And that's what you should have done. You should have just enard. Just NR'd on the very first hole. Because that's what John Rahm. That's did what John did. Yeah, he did. He did. He apparently so. I wasn't there playing. I was supposed to play, but had to cancel last minute. Um, but uh, that is the story on his first holy two shanks. Enard and uh, that's his John Rahm. We're talking about
2: all the best players in the world. NR. If it's uh, yeah, if it's going badly, give up and try again another day.
0: But I have to say, because I've not played very much golf this year because it's been such a busy year, that I'm approaching my return to the game. Almost as though I'm just taking up the game for the first time now. I've been playing it for forty odd years, more, and but now I'm I'm approaching it. I, do you think this is a good idea? Well, as long as you lengthen your clubs. Well, I have to now, will not I?
2: I I don't know what to say about your ninety-two. It's I'm I'm embarrassed for you. So
0: no, I'm proud
2: of you that you you saw it through to the end and you've you've kept the stats and you'll learn. You'll become better.
0: Sixty-fourth out of eighty-three. I came. Good lord! So nineteen people were worse than
2: what yeah. what see yeah. we're what net what are you there we, were
0: a few nrs in there all oh, right
2: okay yeah they don't count they were better than you right so if you were interviewed, this is i love this about about Qatar um so i want you to interview me as a past champion coming back to Qatar again and just ask me a general question because all the past champions of Qatar get asked about um asked about how they're, they're feeling going into the week so yeah. just
0: so this me is pre-tournament question. Yeah, pre-taught. This is pre-taught. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the obvious question is that you, you come here with some some really good memories. I do. And I mean, when you come back here,
2: you just think about how you felt when you you won. And so those feelings do come back. And I've got these vibes. And my game, I think, is trending in the in the right direction. I'm starting to feel positive about various aspects of my game. But yeah, you come back, you stay in the same place, you eat in the same restaurant. And uh, I've seen a few of the same guys. And I'm just looking forward to this week immensely.
0: So you're just trying to recreate all the the feel good vibes that you had when you exactly. won here. Exactly. So that is that is how you answer
2: the 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 question, and you say it's just positivity. So Eddie's, so every, all the past champions got interviewed, and we saw the email where all the quotes came out. This is for Qatar last week. For Qatar last week. Where is this going? So Eddie says Eddie's Eddie's quote is this: well, "It suits my game when I'm playing well, which helps. But equally, you need to play well. I'm not sure that I will." I may or may not. It's very hot, though.
0: <laughs> that's it.
1: Oh, dear.
2: So, honest oh, to goodness. But you're, you're honest. I like that. I like that. you just going to...
1: But all those things seem true to me.
2: The, well, they are true, yes. I think sometimes... Well, sometimes you, you, you have the silent voice inside that says those things, and then outwardly you say, do you know what? I'm going to absolutely... No, I I I actually prefer your... I prefer to hear the honesty than the people who are
1: just hanging at platitudes. Well, you see, now that part of my brain got me in trouble from last week's podcast, so um, we'll leave that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it did a little bit. We, cho- we got traction last week.
0: Well, Eddie gave it to us.
2: Well, did Eddie give it to us? Or yes. Okay, quickly on that thing, because, you know, you cannot just say that this is the thing, similar to those quotes, I'm suggesting that you be more positive. I don't actually. I like hearing your honesty. You can't just go around saying everything is fine. Everything is great. Everything's for the best in the best of all possible worlds and be this hopeless optimist about things. You've got, I I think realism is quite a good thing. And I remember Ian talking about this, um, being an impartial observer, you're able to offer objective, realistic thoughts. Whereas if you work for a media company that was owned by a tour or owned by whatever it might be, you are then beholden to be a little bit more positive and put a spin on things. And so, actually, when you were saying that ten PGA Tour cards are going to the the, the the at the top of the DP World Tour, and so ten players will be off probably to the PGA Tour of the best players next year, you said that's not a good thing. I think that's I think that's fair, and I think it, you know I we're not saying that it's everything's terrible. We're just saying that this probably could be a little
0: bit better. And I, I, I and I like that honesty. You've got to have that honesty, no, surely. Ab- absolutely. And the other thing that I would say, and I know this is like a bit tricky obviously for for eddie but i listened back to what eddie said and it was very very balanced there's no doubt about that and and you actually also made the point that it's a really good thing potentially for for european tour players and that's what the european tour is there to do is to serve serve the players so um yeah i was surprised at the a lot of the traction that happened there but anyway um uh, i think on it honest on honest answers is what we as journalists are always looking for, and it's so rare that you actually um, get them. So good on Eddie, I say. God bless you, Eddie Pepper.
2: Anyway, I was wondering how it was going to affect your form coming in there, having been put on the rack but uh you played pretty well i mean uh, you know uh, you again will say it was it was good there was a lot of uh, there were a lot of birdies in there an eagle did you start with an eagle did you go crash bang wallop straight out with an eagle
1: i did i hold a nice 50 foot putt across the green and said to my playing partners, well we'll call it a day shall we lads um it was a good way to start i played pretty well all week in fact the weekend i played uh i played really well tea to green i hit every green on sunday so i was the opposite to ian um Another reason we should try and play this match as soon as we can. Uh, The pro sender was back out in force, thanks to Jen. That was Jen's recommendation. So I got that out and hit the driver. I mean, last week we spoke about the driver and I said, I'm not going to use it for the foreseeable. I pulled the driver out and I used it a lot. And it was one of the better clubs in my bag as well. So good progress. I just hold no putts, but uh, is what it is. But it was very hot. (laughs) (laughs) was
0: (laughs) Was it the driver driver or the mini driver? Driver driver. We're talking big dog. Oh, fantastic. Excellent.
1: Yeah. And see what's now, this is going to, this is interesting. I changed all my grips at Wentworth this year. I, I decided to, I've used ribbed grips for a long time and uh, I put just round grips on and I, I made them thinner. So they were stretched, elongated. So the grips felt as thin as they possibly could because I was trying to grip it more on my fingers. So I've been using those grips since Wentworth, but I haven't used my driver. So I pulled the driver out in catar, and it's got an old grip on it. So it's thicker. It's got a ribbed grip. It doesn't feel very good, but I had no choice and I used it. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit, bit of a quandary as to what to do with the grips moving forward, but uh, good signs. Mm, good signs. There we are. That's what
2: you say. Good signs. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to this week. Rounds of 70, 70, 70 and 69 for nine under total. Tied 27. So yeah, um, good signs going going forward. So uh, Sami Valamaki won of Finland after a playoff with Jorge Campillo. First win for Valamaki, He's twenty-five. He was Rookie of the Year in twenty twenty. Second, second win, second, I think. Is it his second, second win? One. No, oh. you're both you're both putting up bunny ears. I don't. I haven't followed Sammy Valamaki's career too well. So second win for Sammy Valimaki. Uh We won't edit that. We'll leave it in to make me sound like a cretin. Oman wasn't it? He won the other one. Was it Oman? I think so.
0: I think he likes Oman, Oman in the and Middle Qatar.
2: I, yeah,
0: I think so. Like so there. Uh,
2: do you want to know how the PGA Tour website reported the story of Valamaki's win? Go on. Valamaki on verge of tour card after DP tour win. <laughs> Genuinely. So, you know, I'm just you don't have to say anything, Eddie, Ian. That's you know well, that's how they're viewing that's how they're viewing things. Course. So well, Yeah.
0: I uh, anyway. I mean that's that's the strategic alliance from the American side of things, isn't it? Yeah.
2: The other the other fascinating part of this tournament was not for Eddie because he sort of made himself safe last week so it was a bit of a free hit this week but there were people who were Scott Jameson what a move you yeah. made Amazing. Um, so Scott Jameson finished third he was 119th coming yep. into the into the week up to 82nd. so 116 keep the cards he had a great bit but so he was you know I was kind of following always following Eddie but following Scott as well and so a great first round poor second round Eight birdies in his last 10 holes on Saturday. Then he had a rocky start on Sunday. And you can only imagine, Eddie, what was going through his his mind.
1: Well, I know what was going through his mind because I've been there and I failed miserably when I was there. That's such an impressive performance from Scott. I I remember seeing him on the Sunday in Spain on his own on the phone. I think he was on on the phone to somebody. And I thought, God, he's got a really challenging week coming up. And I wonder what's going through his mind. But to, to show up and perform the way he did, And I'm really pleased with him. I like Scott. He's a very good player um, as well. Great performance. I've got to say, a lot of admiration for that. Takes a lot of guts and courage to perform that way.
2: Ross Fisher just hung on 116th in the place in the rankings. Danny Van Tonder, though, he looked like he was was going to do it after two rounds, 70-67. Then he was 74-72 over the weekend. So moved up, but only three places to 117th. Um, And the other two names that I picked out who just missed out Mark Warren lost his card just. Alex Levy, the French player. So I think he kind of just needed to make the cut and maybe top 40 or so. Lipped out on for a hole-in-one on the 17th. Uh, lipped out for a birdie on the 18th to miss the cut. Um, yeah, so... But 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 again, he afterwards was talking, saying, look, my
1: game's actually in good
2: shape, so I'll go forward to Q School and hopefully get back out there.
1: It's so funny the way things go when you're in that position. I remember in Portugal in 2016, on the Friday um, final you know event of the year on the on the bubble had a 700 on the first day and then the second day I started struggling missing a lot of putts and at one point in an important part of the round I put my putter down and the ball moved and it was a shot penalty and that happens maybe once a year I mean that never happens and it happened at such an important time in my round in my year so it's just you know it's awful the way these things fall for some players who are seemingly struggling and they just get a bad break but Alex will be back he's such a terrific player and he's a hard worker I'm certain he'll be back um shame to see Danny Van Tonder. I don't know if you know there's an interesting thing that he does in his golf swing. You may not have seen it, but he he exhales when he hits the ball. Have you ever seen him do this or come across it? So as he hits at impact, he, he exhales, but very loud, especially when he hits his driver. You can... Uh, so is it almost
0: like a, a tennis grunt?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not as loud as that, but it, it's, you know, you can really hear it. And I think he does it, if there's a reason why he does it, there's Andrew, look, he'll be in the simulator room later on. Yeah.
2: Do you hold your breath when you... No, you're going to get people thinking about what they do when they're so you're... You're inhaling as you take it back.
1: Do well, you I, just not exhaling. I, and I don't inhale? think about my breathing. I don't even know where I look when I'm hitting a ball. But to uh, he's obviously holding it in and then just letting a big exhale as he uh, impact. There must be must be some logic behind it. Okay.
0: Well, uh, we'll try that out. Try that out. This is this is bringing back horrible memories from this morning's pilates class actually because you've you know, you shrunk again you know, and back no, to normal. <laughs> I, yeah, I am feeling myself shrink again now because you know how I was discussing how paranoid I was about going into an exercise class for the first time last week. Yes. And one one of the things is, you know, when when they're going now breathe out. Breathe in. And just when they're going, breathe out, I'm breathing in. And then when they say, I always get it the wrong way round. it's just right. so that's, embarrassing. That's complicated. Yeah, yeah I can't do it. Good. I mean, that's... I Sorry, I just ruined the discussion
2: there. No, you haven't. I'm going to move on to Josh Grenville Wood anyway. Grenville Wood. Hang um, on. Do you know, do you know him? What, what you... Jo-
0: who's Josh Grenfell Wood?
2: He, he, well, he's a, he was a sponsor's invitation. He, re- he oh, okay. represents the United Arab Emirates he lives in Dubai but he's British he's an English guy but he went to America I think his father was a teaching pro now oh phone's going it's Josh Grenville Wood. and then he moved out to Dubai to probably Keith uh, Pelley hell no exactly <laughs> god he's tracked <laughs> I think that everything's amazing yeah so anyway so he got a sponsor's invitation he's been playing on sort of minor tours Mina tour blah blah blah, blah uh, but shot 14 under for sixth place 106,000 euros very nice. He absolutely hammers the ball. I mean, he can get up almost to 130 miles an hour club head speed, and he's not a massive guy, but he's really explosive, powerful. I've seen him doing exercise. You know when you jump onto the boxes in the gym, and he can jump, I mean, the, the height he can jump is sprinter height. So that's where the power comes from.
0: Yeah, that ground force thing, isn't it? That I mean, like Eddie's talking about... Charlie Dimmock. Yeah, but jo- <laughs> Charlie Dimmock. There's a blast yeah. from the past, isn't it? Like Eddie... Talking about not knowing what where he's looking or what his state of breathing is at the point of impact, I always think that do do you are you aware of your feet when you're when you're hitting Eddie and your and and your weight distribution and 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 the ground force the Charlie Dimickness of it.
1: Yeah, if it's uh, if it's uh, something you're trying to feel, and occasionally it is for me, I do try to feel a bit of shift, um, but mine would be more kind of a shift to right to left. Um, but obviously, to, you know, to your point, the, the more ground force you use, then the more chance you've got of obviously generating a lot of speed. So um, I haven't seen him play, Josh, but it's a very impressive performance. Check him
2: out. Check him out on the socials. Uh, it's quite something. Um, uh, yes, uh, Tommy Fleetwood always talked about his uh, trying to drive, sort of feeling that he's driving his feet into the ground. Um, uh, you know, that's where... That's where a lot of the power, I say, comes from that. Um, anyway, you can try that as well. on the. So you're driving your feet into the ground and
1: you're breathing out as you hit the ball. So many things. Sometimes I notice with me when I'm swinging quite well, my left toe taps off the ground just as I take the club away which would mean to me my weight shifted, my weight has shifted a little to the right, allowing my left toe to come up a little bit. It's almost like a trigger and then it immediately re- replants. So, you know, I think there's a, hey, we may have talked about the step drill before, but for those who don't know what it is, Google it, YouTube it, the step drill, Dr. Kwan specifically, you know, look at Dr. Quan and uh, the step drill and then you'll soon see the magic.
2: Yeah, but Ian was eulogising about the short game guy on Instagram
1: and he's just shot 92, hitting every fear Just You heard, see, so. that's because even weight shift can help with the short game. You know, short game is is a complex beast and uh, Ian obviously needs to work on it.
0: No, I'm going back to the the Dan Grieve Insta Insta uh, things right, yeah. and uh, I'm going to have a good look at them. Um, Excellent. Because I just um, forgot I, what he said. That was the problem. No, yeah, Yes. Other
2: tournaments to round up. Salim Boutier won a nine-hole playoff with Ataya Titikul at the LPG event in Malaysia, nine holes. Gemma Drybera was sixth uh, there. The Saudi Arabian event and the ladies European tour, the Aramco series. American Alison Lee, 29 under for three rounds. So three round tournament, 61, 61, 65 on a par 72 course. Won by eight from Carlotta Siganda, Charlie Hull third, Bronte Law fourth. That The event that I was interested in as well, Ian, was the uh, Asia Pacific amateur. Yeah. I'd love to have been able to see it. it was, there was no way of... Of seeing it was there at Royal Melbourne. Everyone in America was enjoying it because it was on, I think, ESPN over there.
0: America was enjoying it, and you know, just the just the reviews of Royal Melbourne. If you just you know read or listen to to stuff from people who were watching it, uh, I know Mike Clayton, who's just such a great great guy. I always think to listen to talking about golf. Um, he was actually caddying uh, out there as well. And I read a, a piece that he he wrote um, today just about how. Just what an amazing, have you ever played at Royal Melbourne, Eddie? I, I, I went there, it was the very first tournament I covered, the Heineken Classic in 2003 as the BBC's golf correspondent. And, and you know, in some respects it's been all downhill since because that composite golf course is just incredible.
1: I've never been to Australia, let alone uh, Melbourne, but I'm going for the first time next month, I should I should say. But um, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to play that course, unfortunately, but I've heard, as you say, so many good things. I used to play it every year.
2: Did every you... year I would play it. Yeah, every year I played it for ten years.
0: Tell us about the 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 magic of it because it 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 just. I know it was very fast and firm for for the Asia Pacific amateur, and it was just such an exacting test. But massive wide fairways, yeah. the undulations. It's... Uh, yeah, exactly.
2: But but they they and they look wide, so they're kind of they would suit Eddie's eye. But the, but they're actually much narrower because the ball is running. It, it, invariably very firm but also the slopes and the contours it's the Alistair Mackenzie design and every year I went to Augusta I used to th- I would think this is what Augusta was closer to in the past that much closer than it is now it's become a sort of a, like a distorted version Augusta of what it once was but because it was about the runoffs which would run off into the, into the trees or into trouble if you got it just slightly too wide in the wrong position. But then it's about the angles into the greens and it's just the, I think that's what Mike Clayton talks about in particular. It's about the angles. Mm. It's a golf course of angles. So yes, you can be on the fairway here a little bit like St. Andrews about coming. You can hit the fairway. Of course you can, but then you've got the terrible angle into the, into the pin, into the green there. So Melbourne is a little bit like that. I never played the composite course because I was always playing um, one of the two courses, as it was, but yeah, it was outstanding. But all the, not all the courses, but so many courses down there are just wonderful. Metro and Kingston Heath and Victoria. Did we so- play
0: Kingston Heath together, Andrew? But back at a Rugby World Cup, I certainly uh, I played with Mark no. Reason, who used to be the the correspondent for the the Telegraph Sunday yeah. Telegraph, and no, we didn't. were out there. Oh, no, Mark and I played Kingston Heath, which is just down the road from Royal Melbourne. Is just yeah. amazing. Oh. Yeah, fantastic courses they are. It's a, in in an amazing concentration
2: small Sand area. Sandbelt Sand has got this wonderful collection of courses. So, so Samson
0: it, Zeng his who 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 actually lost in in the playoff shot what what sounds like one of the greatest rounds ever um which is a bit of a a bit of a call but his 65 in the third round when only 19 players broke 75. And there was only one other sub-70 round with the wind blowing, rock hard, such a need for, for precision as well. I mean, that just speaks to the level of talent that is just bubbling away in the game all over the world, doesn't it? Yeah. And the, but then the next round, where well, he got a haircut on the night before his final yeah. round,
2: and then he was terrible, so... I'm yeah. going to cricket myself for that. Actually. Yeah, come on. Jasper Stubbs won it, the Australian. So the Amer- American commentator that I listened to watching the clip of him winning it was saying, yeah, Jasper Stubbs. And I was thinking, he was, I mean, he said it very similarly to that. I was thinking, he's not Jasper. It's Jasper. Jasper. He's, from, he's from Gippsland. He's from the backwoods of, actually lives close to Melbourne now. They moved into the city. I think his sister's a member of of Melbourne, but um, Jasper. Anyway, he beat uh, China's Wan Yi Ding, in a playoff as well. Second playoff hole. And so he is off to the Masters and to Trun for the Open as well. More amateur golf news. The Women's Amateur Team Championship for the Espirito Santo Trophy, uh, once owned by Saar Nicholas II. The, the that was at uh, Abu Dhabi Golf Club as well. I think I said last week that it was Jumeirah Estates in Dubai, but not at all. South Korea won it by uh, five shots, I think. Anyway, so the conveyor belt of talent continues from South Korea. Um, shall we talk betting and golfing?
0: Yes, yes. Let's do that because that's become a bit of a a story, um, unfortunately, this week with two Corn Ferry players who were found to have bet on PGA Tour events that uh, they weren't even playing in. But that was a breach of the integrity uh, rules on the PGA Tour and a three-month ban and a, a six-month ban uh, yeah. meted out. Um, Vince India Vince and India. Jake Vince Steyano, India. I, I think is the way that you would pronounce their name. I mean, India's 30, 34 years of age and he got a six-month ban and Steyano got three months, the 26-year-old.
2: So Eddie, Eddie is poised by his microphone, but obviously he's not uh, allowed to, uh, you're allowed to talk about such matters? I, I'm, so. I'm not
1: allowed to talk about much this week. <laughs> yeah, no, <exactly. laughs> Gambling has never been anything, thankfully I've been into, so I've never fallen foul of these rules. But there was a time when I tweeted about having a, you know, hypothetical bet with my caddy about Charlie Woods winning on the PGA Tour. And even that landed me in hot water with the integrity (laughs) officer and I had to take a phone call. So it's just one of those things I completely avoid at all costs, thankfully.
2: It is interesting. So the PGA Tour didn't release details about the bets, but Stiano, Jake Stiano, uh, who got the three-month ban, he did. He said he placed four bets for a total of $116.20. He put a $25 bet on Bryson DeChambeau to make a birdie on a par five in a PGA Tour event in 2021. And he placed three other bets on DeChambeau, he likes DeChambeau, when he played Brooks Koepka in the match in November 2021. He said the latter wagers didn't seem like an issue because the made-for-TV event was an exhibition. But the text of the PJ Tour rules reads, Any covered person, directly or indirectly, betting on the outcome of any other aspect of any PJ Tour event, any other professional golf competition, or any elite amateur golf competition, um, including Olympic golf anywhere in the world, um, you can't do it. But the thing which I find fascinating about this is, I agree with not betting on an event that you're taking part in. And indeed, there might be an event that you're you're not playing in, but you have a connection to, you of insider knowledge. I I get that they're trying to the you know, integrity unit, and and gambling in sport is a is a big problem. But at the same time, at at the very same time, that the the mixed messages coming out. So. I don't think it's particularly healthy sports betting, and I don't really want. And I don't. I'm not. I don't do it. But I, I. can see how it can lead to a lot of trouble. And no matter how many times people say in ads, please bet responsibly. Take a break. Hey, look out for your friends. You know, really, it's the hard sell. And the PJ Tour is involved in taking that hard sell. So if you go to the PJ Tour website now, you've got the menu at the top, and mm-hmm. alongside leaderboard, schedule, FedEx Cup standings, player stats, you have golf bet. Click on that and open up a world of of betting, get the odds, all the betting tips. On the leaderboard, you have the players' rankings and their score, and then you have their live odds mm. as well. So they're all taking the revenue streams of betting, and it's just an absolute festival of money coming in from betting and promoting betting, promoting betting to anyone who watches it, but at the same time, a rap on the knuckles, more than a rap on the knuckles. I think these guys now will miss Corn uh, Ferry Q School. I can't I remember their status, but anyway...
1: Yeah, it's, no, it's the, the, it's,
2: a ve- it's 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 the I, I, hypocrisy is maybe too strong a word, but it's certainly mixed messages.
0: i I, 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 I suppose yeah. the counter counter argument to that is that if you don't have the if 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 betting is going to become such an important part of the game and such an important revenue stream, then from within the game there has to be total integrity, and that's probably why they are so hot on it and the punishments are so draconian but I agree with you Andrew I occasionally will have will have a bet out of a flutter fun like a flutter like a fiver here or a fiver there you know if I need to get a new golf gizmo I might have a bet on on something and if I if i win then i'll buy my speed sticks or whatever it is that's that is god's honest truth that's why i've got a speed stick downstairs right now because i had a successful bet but uh, but it's it is rammed down your throat all the time you go onto a golf website and you are bombarded by by gambling companies you watch the the tv coverage every ad break in the evening is Telling you either to have a bet or be careful if you're going to have a bet, and it's just to me, it puts me off the whole the whole industry. I I have to say, I you know I just think that the adverts are almost make you feel like you're a mug if you're if you're taken in by it. But that's a, that's a side issue. But golf is so wedded with it, and I'd be interested to know. Eddie, whether you ever feel it on the golf course, because a number of players have talked about and I remember John Rahm uh, talking about this earlier in the year, where people are people are shouting stuff out, and you know if a bet has gone south for them, they they take it out on the player while they're playing, and it, I just think that's a
1: that's a horrible environment for the game to be played in. It is a painy and when people tweet you and say, oh, you've lost me money, you know, I, I couldn't care less. So you, shouldn't, you shouldn't really be gambling. But
2: that's it, social media. Sorry, just quickly, social media, all the players, the, the biggest feedback they get from fa- angry fans is because they've had a bet. That's that's what it is. It's blogs saying, you lost me money.
1: Well, don't put the money on. Yeah, it's, it's pathetic. I know it, dra- it doesn't really drive me mad, but it does make me scratch my head. Um, Honestly, it isn't something I've thought very much about in the past, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, but betting and gambling is never something I've ever been part of so um do you ever get
0: uh, aware of it actually while you're playing
1: no uh, i'd never yeah, from what people shout? no, or, no i, I yeah, don't no, you know no. uh, yeah i'm lucky to have a few people watching me and if they're shouting about betting then um uh, well they're probably saying have another glass of wine eddie or something like that <laughs> do you want a beer do you want a beer eddie
2: uh we've created new things for them to shout at you as well so i like that thomas bjorn eric Pepperl eric uh, um, yeah. that's taken off eric i mean but yeah maybe <laughs> <Eddie> people <laughs> Oh dear. Um talking about big money in a different uh different fashion PJ Tours turned down the Endeavor offer Again, that's just reports of it but uh, it's I think it's pretty much confirmed isn't it Ian? That yeah, so the Endeavor is the you know it's entertainment industry it's, but it it was a big big money and um the PJ Tours it tries to find American revenue streams as opposed to those uh, those revenue streams from further afield and uh, uh, trying to sort of separate from the PIF. And
0: Endeavor was one of those coming in, but they've turned turned that down. Yes, PGA turning that down. So they've been tendering for investment. And depending on who you listen to, I think it they're looking for that in, investment in tandem with the money from the PIF, because I think that there is so much heat from the American government and the uh, investigations that are ongoing there, that there is a big concern, certainly from the Senate and from Senator uh, Blumenthal, who's leading this investigation, that a treasured American entity such as the PGA Tour is going to be almost exclusively financed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. So they're looking to diversify the investment across various other areas. And so they have been inviting uh, bids to make that investment, but uh, they turned down what was a substantial um, bid. I think it was like, I don't know, 25 million, something like that from Endeavor, or that was what they were looking for as a return on that investment in pretty quick time. And that's the big... Question mark for any anyone that is going to invest into the PGA Tour is how quickly that return of investment comes because for most investment companies it needs to come, it certainly needs to come quicker than it does for. Saudi Arabia, which has such extraordinarily deep pockets that it can wait and play the, the a much longer game, so I think that what is going on at the moment is that kind of trying to diversify the pool of investment that is going to come in for the the PGA Tour going forward, so that the
1: Saudi influence is diluted, if you like, or seen to be diluted. If you're a business, that would make sense, wouldn't it, to have as much diversified income or revenue streams as possible? I guess uh, my concern in the grand scheme of things in terms of the new co and how it's set up from a governance and a legal perspective is is the ownership um angle and i think that's probably the part of it that needs to be most carefully thought thought about and thought out um because you know i don't think what what you don't want in the future is in 10 years time um an entity having a stake in it legally that uh they're always going to have, irrespective of the investment. You know, there might be a lot of money coming in from the Saudis right now, but that there's no guarantee that's going to continue forever. So um, I think legally it'd be interesting to see how it's structured. And maybe that's the biggest concerns the Senate have. I don't know. But this is such a broad issue. And, um, and I also think that the PJ Tour and the DP World Tour and PIF still are attempting to come to some sort of agreement. That's what we're looking forward to in the next couple of months when golf
2: wind, I was about to say golf winds down, it doesn't really it just becomes a very different events and perhaps not quite as uh, as big but before all that happens, the shutting down of uh, or quietening of golf we've got the DP uh, World Tour Championship and before that the Nedbank Golf Challenge in Sun City so it's a, it's a great field even if it's missing Eric it is uh, top 60 in the rankings plus a couple of uh, invitations, Max Homer's playing in South Africa. Justin Thomas, uh, Justin Rose, all in invitations. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is the defending champion. I mean, it's an interesting tournament, the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, because you know, you talk about uh, you know, the riches of Croesus now. It was the first tournament that really offered money that made you go, wow, you know, in, in 1981, I think it was 1981. I have to check my facts. 1981, it was a it was a five-man field. And I think I do remember the five players. Uh, Sevy, Johnny Miller, Jack Nicholas, Gary Player and Lee Trevino, five-man field playing for a purse of $1 million. And, you know, we talk about the sort of uh, unpalatable or for some money coming into the game. And actually at that time, of course, South Africa was still a very deeply apartheid country and you weren't allowed to travel there as sport. You weren't... Supposed to travel there as uh, a sporting teams, and they were behind that uh, that wall of non competition, and so it was quite a controversial thing when it first happened. Johnny Miller, it was sport washing. It was it was sport washing. That's exactly what it was. It, so it's just different era, same same old story. And uh, Johnny Miller won a nine hole playoff. <laughs> Nine hole playoff talking about nine hole playoffs. Uh nine hole playoff with Sevi for I think he got five hundred thousand dollars. But the first time it was a a million dollar winner's check just for the winner was when Woozy won it in mm. in 87. And that really was a, you know, I remember at the time going a million dollars for winning a golf tournament. I everyone was just thought that was incredible. The winners check actually this week is only just over a million dollars, a million and twenty thousand. So the winners check hasn't you know, the tournament is a different tournament now, but it is an official, you know, bigger field now and a, a proper tour event. So you've, you've played down there at Sun City a few times, Eddie.
1: Yeah, I've been a few times. It's also known as the Caddy Graveyard. It's uh, a very difficult place to caddy. The, the wind swirls all over the place. Um, I think there's some altitude. Uh, you get some funny ones there. It's a, it's a very difficult golf course, uh, Gary player design. So um, that says it all really. And uh, Yeah, great to see that the top boys there, some of the top boys playing. I think that's what the event deserves. It's what the event needs, and uh, my understanding is it's going to continue in some capacity moving forward. So um, yeah, you know, Max and Justin, these guys are going to be paid to go there for sure. But ultimately, what they're going to bring in return, I think, is a a very, is a a much much better event. So um, I'm pleased for the tournament. Do you like this sort of pairing down
0: as we get to the sharp end of the season, almost like the you know, it's a sort of mini kind of playoffs? type scenario
1: yeah absolutely it's got to happen and i think that happens in a pretty good way on the dp world tour you know there's something to play for you you know what you're striving for at the end of the year so uh it makes them makes the, both of the events i would say uh, a better spectacle in the states
2: it's the worldwide technology championship in mexico ludwig ober is playing well the PJ tour betting page recommends putting money on him says get on it genuinely says Ludwig's a man to watch so um, Michael Block's playing Michael Block um, has had an invitation to play in the Australian Open as well so I think yeah. they're getting a bit cross in Australia about that some people are
0: yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because he Michael Block obviously sprung to prominence prominence with his top ten at the PGA Championship hole in one with Rory McElroy and the the great feel good story really of the majors. This year, Boy, he's cashed in, hasn't he? I mean, he went straight to the Colonial afterwards. He's played a number of PGA Tour events. And frankly, he's, you know, without being unkind, he's been found out as a club pro in all of these events. And then all of a sudden he gets an invitation to the Australian Open. I, I don't get that one, to be honest. You could be. You could be playing
1: with him, Eddie. Are you playing in this? I think he's may have requested to play with me again after playing with me in the 2018 PGA. I think that's well, part yeah, that of the conditions when, um... of, of play for him. He said, "I must be partnered with uh, Eric Pepperell." That's the only way I'm going to come down. I suppose that's to a wider, you know, issue with golf and sport, right? And it takes a story. Uh, it takes a story, right, to generate some interest, irrespective of, let's say, the merits of the story. Even it's just the fact that it's something so different and so new. It's we're, we're clamoring for that, and yeah, uh, you know, it's. Hey, it's end of days type stuff, but we'll, we'll leave that for another day.
2: Did you see, uh, again, I, I missed this, but uh, I, was, I was listening to the Shotgun Start pod and they were talking about the World Golf Awards. Did you see the World Golf Awards? It's hilarious. That's... I don't know who organises it or who's behind it, but... Um, it was various things. Greg Norman won, I don't know, Superhuman of the Year or something. Liv Adelaide won Golf Event of the Year. Best course in England. Now, if you saw, what, did you see what won best course in England? No. Have a guess what they, won best course, best golf course in England award. Centurion? No, oh. it wasn't. It wasn't Liv. I thought, it, yeah, it could easily have been. But there's a course you played this year, Eddie. Now, Belfry. At the Bel- the Bra- yeah, Brabazon at the Belfry. On the best course in England. So I'm not saying that it's not a fine course, but uh, possibly not the best in England. But um, there we are, the the World Golf Awards. We're into awards season, which is, uh, I mean, awards are strange,
1: aren't they? Like like titles and honors. We just I would uh, say, except for me, there's nothing in this world that can't be paid for these days. uh,
2: (laughs) Oh, we should start the Chipping Forecast Awards. They can't be paid for. Maybe that's how we start getting paid, Chipping Forecast Awards. Yeah, maybe we should do that end-of-year awards. We we probably will do some end-of-year awards. Yeah. Um, listen, there was some sad news that, that just uh, got after um, last week's episode that uh, Kevin McAlpine had died. He's 39, Kevin, and um, he won the Scottish Amateur the Match Play in 2006 and the Stroke Play the following year. Didn't quite happen for him as a tour pro. He, he tried for many years. He went over to Florida to base himself there and do some winter training. Actually uh, so teamed up with Lexi Thompson was based there as well. So yeah. teamed up with her and, and and caddied for her for a few seasons, caddied for in the Solheim Cup in 2018 and uh and actually through his, his work on tour he met and married Anna Orquist. I think they in separated. But it's just it's just very, very sad at, at, at 39 Ian.
0: Yeah, awful. I I I have to admit I didn't really know Kevin at all, but people always spoke very, very fondly and highly of him and you just hear stories like that and it's just uh it's it's very very sad very depressing yeah there's a lovely article by martin dempster who who, um in the
2: scotsman if you want to check that out and and uh read about kevin so um right actually just on the uh, scottish this is a quite a niche thing but the scottish uh boys championship which i played and failed in many times is is no more really the match play which was the great thing we looked forward to they've amalgamated it and uh, so it's just going to be a stroke play event one there's going to there was always a Scottish boys match play and Scottish boys stroke play the match play was the one you really looked forward to it was the big sort of prestige thing and it's gone I think they're thinking that stroke play gives people at least three rounds whereas but I think juniors look forward to match play a bit more than that and I think you've got more chance in match play of of you know you can't really Damage your score too much with a big score. You can, you can. I don't know. I just, I felt the match play was more fun for the lesser players, but maybe, I'm maybe I'm wrong in that. Do you think Live missed the
1: chance in not having every event match play? Possibly, yeah.
2: I don't know because there isn't, yeah, match play. I mean, we see it at the Ryder Cup and we see it in the. Uh, it's this time of year. Well, a little bit past it now, but yeah, I used to love the the World Match Play, but um, maybe there isn't enough match
0: play in the game. I always thought that the World Golf Championships should have all been match play. And you should have had, you know, the, like the top 64 players and you would maybe have three and you, you could work out a scoring system whereby the top 16 then qualified for what? you know, so fondly remember as the, the world match play at, at Wentworth. But you actually had, you know, a progression through the season so that you really showcased match play golf. It would only be for four weekends or four weeks in, in the year, but it would be guaranteed to be the world's best players up against each other. Because that was always great fun, the the WGC match play, especially when it was straight knockout rather yeah, than knockout the, groups. The, the groups. The groups are just confusing. But yeah. TV's the boss, that's the problem, Ian, isn't it? Well, so, of you course, know,
2: yeah. But I suppose if you did have them playing for eighth and ninth place and tenth, eleventh, eleventh, twelfth, cetera, you could have matches still still going on. They'd
0: be playing. They'd be playing for for the the longer game. But also, with match play, you've got you've got the scope to run men's and women's tournaments simultaneously at the same place. And so, when you do get to the weekend and you've only got a couple of matches to show, well, that number is all automatically doubled. And I think that that's a way that you could have. Innovate in, a, in an innovative way, really showcase the sport. I think I think they missed a big opportunity, and I think you make a really good point as far as Live is concerned. Because the only Live golf that really captured my imagination, and that's not to say that you know week in week out Live events are, are rubbish. I think that would be trite to say. But when I went to the team championship last year, I didn't go this year. Actually, it when when they were playing head-to-head match play, that's when it was really, really good. And you could see, you know, it had a modern vibe to it and a cutthroat feel to it that was a real genuine spectacle. So I think that's a good point, Eddie.
2: Nothing brings collapses like match play as well. Um, two up three to play against Lauren Kelly, who went on to play in the Walker Cup, lost on the last hole. Uh, David Downey, I think he won the Scottish Stroke play at one point, uh, one up two to play, lost in a playoff.
1: Me and Tommy Fleet would once beat Paul Shields and David Law, nine and eight uh, against Scotland at Hartlepool Golf Club from memory. That was a, every time I see David Law, I remind him of that day. It was a great performance. Hartlepool Golf Club? What's Hartlepool Golf Club like? I think it was a Hartlepool Golf Club, but now actually I think about it, I, I think that's wrong. Uh, hmm. I don't think it was Hartlepool Golf Club. I, I played uh, Mikey Stewart there in oh, a yeah? singles match. In my memory, is coming back to me. This is amazing. Um, no, I I, uh, want to I know, can't remember where I
2: played David Law. So. I want to know what Hartlepool Golf Club is like. If you're Very a member nice. of Hartlepool Golf Club, then let us know. It's,
1: it There's a shrine to Graham Storm in, in the clubhouse. Of course, I, yeah. I remember, yeah.
2: Um, we have, have had some correspondence. We are copied in, had in some tweet. great was, emails this week, haven't we? We did have some good emails. There was a tweet as well where someone had replied to an account which was, I think, macabre photos or morbid photos or something, which is a photo of poor old Ebenezer Byers, uh, Eben Byers, um, who, whose jaw sadly fell off. The sadly there is pretty redundant, isn't it, really? His jaw fell off um, because taking radium tablets. So um didn't need to see that photo, but I saw it anyway. I had seen it before. So there we are. Any, anything else, Ian, talk about?
0: Yeah, I, I actually just wanted to go back to Sami Val, um winning, um, obviously, in, in Qatar, because it just got me thinking, you know, how big is golf in, in Finland? So there are 125 golf courses in Finland, 140,000 golfers. So it's not... It's not massive, but it's not uh, insignificant. But what it does have is a one thousand and sixty three disc golf courses, and this is basically golf with a frisbee. And there are mm. there are nearly seven and a half thousand disc golf courses in America, which is the the home of of disc golf, it seems. But Finland, it's massive there. There are only a hundred, just over a hundred such courses here, but. You you basically frisbee the ball into, yeah. The frisbee in, into the frisbee. baskets. Yeah. Yeah. But you have different you have, like you can you've got a frisbee a that's disc. a driver disc, you've got the roller, you've got the mid range, you've got the putter. If you if you get a hole in four under par, it's called a condor. So that that's what's better than an, an albatross. Does that apply in golf as well? I mean, if you've got a hole in one and a par five. Double albatross, I think we go well. Um, I've um, never heard of a condor. Is there a floppy disc? The <laughs> the yeah. Um, yeah the the putters fly straight and slowly apparently so clearly when you play this game you you, you know, the strategy to it as to which frisbee you you use for for each shot and it's it's clearly you know based on golf and getting round there as quick as you can. The longest drive was set in March twenty sixteen by David Wiggins Jr. How how long do you think his frisbee was? I
2: have seen on because my Instagram gives me these as suggested fall as, you, as I said it's usually baseball or um, a cap falling over or something like that. So yeah. I, I I have been shown disc golfers, someone doing it from the top of a mountain and goes for miles. Yeah. So I'm going to guess three. I'll just say three hundred yards.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to pretty good. Go on. Six. Oh, okay. No,
1: 320.
0: <laughs> Eddie wins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a uh, great. Three, See, three. I was going to
1: go three miles. <laughs>
0: 338 metres. That's so, I so I wonder if there's like going to be a, like a a frisbee debate in the way that we have the golf ball debate. Do we rein yeah. back the frisbee? I think we
2: should do it. I think the only thing that's certain about disc golf is that Ian will hit every fairway and then with the putter one, he will just throw it into a tree somewhere. Do you know who invented the frisbee? <laughs> Go on. What? No, I do. Steady Ed Hedrick. It, that's his name. Steady Ed Hedrick. He invented the frisbee in the. He worked for a toy manufacturer and there was a toy manufacturer who invented the hula hoop and the frisbee, I think. That so, and he invented disc golf as well. He created it. So good old Steady Ed Hedrick, Steady Eddie Pepperell.
1: Wow, oh I would, uh, I'd love anyway. to change my name next year to Steady Ed Hedrick. On yeah, the, uh...
2: um, we're going to get correspondence on the decline of the chipping forecast. We have had nice messages in the Ian as well. we got we yeah. one tweet. We got some nice emails. We did get a tweet, though. We were copied in on a tweet where somebody had replied to an account which was macabre photos or morbid photos or something, which is a photo of um, poor old Ebenezer Byers, Eben Byers, who very sadly his jaw fell off. I'm not sure the sadly is necessary there. It probably assumed that it's quite sad. His jaw fell off because of taking a... Uh, 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 Radith or those um, radium tablets. Anyway, um, so I didn't need to see that photo, but I did. But anyway, I couldn't know that someone was listening and they said, hey, I heard about this in the chipping forecast. But anyway, we had
0: uh, rather more touching emails as well, Ian. Yeah, John Whitehouse um, got in, in touch, um, made made sort of three, of three or four points. I'll give you a, a couple of them. Uh, he said... He says, we're absolutely brilliant. Don't change a thing. He says, as far as Pordrick Harrington was concerned, remember very early in the Chipping Forecast days, we were discussing Pordrick Harrington saying about how to tie up your shoelaces and how you're... So clearly John has been going back over the old uh, episodes. And he says, I think what he was trying to say was that if you tie your laces with your foot off the ground, uh, you can get it tighter so that when you put your foot on the ground, that's when your foot expands. Do you remember, there was a big thing about um, Harrington saying how your foot expands in 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 your inside your shoe. So that Eddie's was interesting, Eddie. uh, and, and also, John says. Uh, secondly, Eddie confessions. We need at least one a fortnight, as uh, sure he's sure that there are many more blinders out there and ones that he can actually tell on there. So, are you speaking to Laurie Cantor? Did he get
2: in touch? He got it. I mean, he did generally get yeah. it. In touch <laughs> on twitter said come on guys what's on chatham house
1: rules <laughs> yeah no he was uh he, he enjoyed it very much okay. as did tom lewis actually
2: have you got any so, more i looked up your score you shot 80 in the in the eisenhower trophy down in argentina I that. so I saw who, saw
1: that. no wonder i forgot um, who
2: really humiliated themselves that week not lorry
1: no i do remember another story from that week we were opening we were staying on about 24 this is another eddie's confessions. all right we were hang on a second
2: another eddie's confessions bear with me Confessio
0: scriptore
1: Yeah, I'm not really that sorry to be honest. Well we must have been staying on the 40th floor of this of this hotel and we opened the window and we had an apple and I had an apple and there was a guy sat on the bench on the street and I dropped the apple. What? Not trying to hit not I know if it would have hit him it would have killed him. Yes, but it didn't hit him Quite I am a serious confession this I know, I know, I know It didn't, didn't hit him But it landed probably Three metres away from him And oh the God. explosion It went everywhere And uh, In fact I could probably tell you Another story of the time I'm Talking of Finland We were playing in Finland At the European team Hang townships. on a second Hang on a second I'm going to do it again
2: Confessio scriptore
1: yeah, I'm not really that sorry, to be honest. Go on, who did this you is, try and kill this, this is even either? worse. I, I'm actually surprised I'm telling you this, but this shows, we might have to edit this out, but we were all in a hotel room as a team and uh, I was we were throwing golf balls out of the hotel window onto this car park. <laughs> and one of them hit the back of this van, smashed its window. And the drivers came out of the gym and got in and called the police and then they were searching for us. It was, um, and I, I haven't even told you the story about the time we stole a buggy at Hong Kong Golf Club Banling, <laughs> and they had the police... Had the police come oh, after on, us? Hang on hang on hang on hang, <laughs> on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on,
2: hang on, hang on. I want to. You should have paced these out. There should have been one every week. You're going to three bangers and <laughs> we'll,
1: a. We'll leave that for another time then. But uh, yeah, okay. and, Oh my, so,
2: I mean, a lot of these sound the folly of youth. But um, the day you threw a golf ball and smashed the back of Sammy Valamaki's father's van, um, there we you are. You could right. have been known okay. as
0: as like Isaac Newton there with the apple.
2: <laughs> we are, but yeah, but was... no but Isaac Newton understood terminal velocity and how much damage an apple could do from 40 stories up so Oh my word, that's, oh,
0: oh. Anyway, okay. Um, I've I've got one more, uh, actually, um, uh, email that came in um, that I I did want to read, this one from Jack, who attached a a photograph to this as well. Dear TCF crew, a.k.a. H.E. Carter, Eric Pepperell, and the bloke who likes Labradors, I fear as this is my second email, I might be approaching groupie territory. No, it's fine. Ian wouldn't know about that, but the Rolling Stones and the Beatles had plenty of them. I was recently... Recently playing golf alone in Turkey, listening to TCF a fine afternoon when I encountered something I have never seen. Ironically, as a solo player stuck behind a four ball, I saw a literal tortoise, a literal tortoise. So clearly it was reading poetry or something um, on the fairway. Picture below. So there's a picture of a tortoise. I thought this could be a new segment where guests write to share their animal sightings on golf courses. Dogs don't count. Also, why the hell can I not get rid of the first tee yips? Do any of you TCFers have advice and tips on that? thanks for all the pod bovines. Best wishes, Jack. Thanks, Jack. in
2: Turkey. So uh, we do have worldwide correspondence. Um, Eddie can probably help you out in the fa- actually, he probably
1: can't help you out in the first two <laughs> just, just tee up an apple or play more. You know, it's exposure therapy. Just play more and uh, get over it. And uh, yeah, just kind of. embrace
2: the embrace the fear, embrace the fear. Anyway, right. I do want to finish on one email. I'll just read the end of it, but it's from, uh, it's from Keith who says lots of nice things. He, he says very nice things. Eddie's comments are so insightful. He's the Jack D of golf. And then there's Ian. Well, uh, he is just special. He is. But he says, uh, he also says, bring back Richard Osman wherever possible. I think he's too busy for such things now, but we'll try maybe. Um, but he finishes, Keith finishes in a very touching way. He says, you, you do truly bring little pockets of joy into my life, albeit at the expense of sleep. Unlike the three of you, or possibly like Eddie, I can't stand my job. allied to which I'm currently visiting my 89-year-old mum in a care home with only a few months to go. I do, however, love the game of golf albeit being a 24.3 handicap on the WHI you once lambasted. So thank you to you all in equal measure. And that's from Keith. And that's how we're going to end this week. So all the best to you, Keith, from all of us. And we will be here for you and everyone else next week. See you then.
1: And that completes this edition of The Chipping Forecast, wishing you a safe and pleasant night.
0: in pocket